Welcome to It's All About Who You Know with host Craig Turner from Momento, the business growth agency. On our podcast, Craig interviews executives from chambers of commerce around the United States and Canada, tapping into their expertise on how to get the most value from your business associations, how their organizations are serving their members, and what's happening in their market for companies looking to grow there. Here's Craig Turner. Welcome to the It's All About Who You Know podcast, brought to you by Momentum, the business growth agency. I'm Craig Turner, your host, and we're excited to be headed to the Buckeye State today. As our listeners know, on this podcast, we feature Chamber of Commerce executives from all over the country. So many of our guests, we've never actually had the opportunity to meet in person. But today's guest is different. It's someone I've known in his capacity for as a chamber leader for many years now. And in fact, I had the opportunity to join him for lunch last week. And I'll tell you, sitting in one of his downtown restaurants talking, I had the opportunity to see and hear just a portion of some of the outstanding things that are happening in his community. Today, I'm looking forward to hearing the rest. Our guest for today's episode is Steve Millard, President and CEO for the Greater Akron Chamber of Commerce in Ohio. Steve, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Craig, thanks for having me. It was great to see you in person last week. And I would say that's the, I think that today is the number three Ohio Buckeyes. Is that right? Um, third ranked today? I believe that's that's where we are as of today. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> just just checking. So let me, thanks, Steve. Thanks for being here. So let me, let me just start by giving everyone a quick formal intro, and then we can kind of dig into the, the questions for, the, for, the, for our conversation here. Steve Millard is president and CEO of the Greater Akron Chamber of Commerce, and in that role is responsible for leading the Greater Akron Area's Metropolitan Chamber of Commerce, serving Medina, Portage, and Summit Counties. Prior to joining the Akron Chamber, Steve served as executive vice president of the Greater Cleveland Partnership, as well as president and executive director of COSI, which is the Council of Smaller Enterprises in Cleveland. Prior to that, Steve has been a supply chain management consultant with Accenture, which was at that time called Anderson Consulting, and a supply chain specialist with GE Healthcare. Steve is a certified chamber executive, serves on the boards of Leadership Akron, the Summit Education, Connexus NEO, and Medical Services Company. He's a frequent advisor to businesses and a regular facilitator for strategic planning and leadership team retreats. Steve has a BS in transportation and distribution management and a BS in finance from Syracuse University here in New York State and his MBA from Case Western Reserve University. So thank you, Steve, for giving us some of your time today. Thanks, Craig. An intro only a mother can love. Everybody else is like, please get over it. That's right. <laughs> so let's let's just start. We, we introed you. Let's talk about the chamber. Let's, can you give us a quick intro on the Greater Akron Chamber of Commerce? Yeah, uh, so the Greater Akron Chamber, we're, as you said, uh, we're an economic development slash membership organization. We serve three counties. So the MSA is the, the Akron MSA, and we are probably about a little over maybe 800,000 or so people in total. We work a lot with our partners in Canton in something that we like to call the Akron-Canton Metroplex, which is a little bit over 1.2 million people, and uh, just a way to try to get us up the rankings a little bit more there. And, you know, we work on all the issues that a lot of my colleagues do in the chamber industry, but mostly the way I describe it, the easiest way is we're in the business of getting rid of the friction that exists between an employer wanting to grow and invest more in our region. Just for perspective, because I, I think most people are familiar with Akron from the, from the auto industry, you said Akron and Canton uh, together, 1.2 million about. How does that compare to the other cities in Ohio, Cleveland, Columbus, Cincinnati? That would make us the fourth largest in the in the state of a state of 11 million people or so. Puts us about half the size, a little less than half the size of Columbus, uh, a little more than half the size of Columbus and some other areas like that. So, you know, we're, I think we're a, uh, 
a great metro, especially one of these communities like others in the Midwest, it's sort of center of the consumer world. We're close to lots of consumers in the, in the country. We're seeing a lot in the area of distribution, but we have a huge history and legacy in polymeric materials, rubber, plastic, those kinds of things. Companies like Little Tykes, Step 2, Goodyear, Bridgestone, Continental Tire, all those companies have their starts and a lot of their key research and development centers here. Uh, so that's been a big legacy area for us in the region. That's a whole bunch of brand names that people are, are familiar with. Yeah, buy um, more of those. Yeah, that's right. Uh, let, well, let's talk about some things going on in the region right now. I, I tell you, we, I just referenced in my in my intro that that I had the opportunity to visit you last week, and you don't have to go too far off the beaten path to see a lot going on. Can you walk us through some of the things? Yeah, and we're I think uh, like a lot of other communities uh, with our history, so a recovering Rust Belt sort of manufacturing centered community. You know, we we are also an interesting though destination, right? I mean, this is a great place to come. We have one of the bigger park systems, national park systems in the country, right in our back door. You can actually get on a what we call a towpath trail here and bike from uh, Lake Erie uh, up by Cleveland all the way down to Canton uh, continuously. So we've got a great sort of quality of life here. Uh, we sit in the shadow of Cleveland, and I think that's a good thing uh, in terms of being access to all those amenities that a city like Cleveland can bring. At the same time, we've got that sort of low traffic quality of life piece that's pretty awesome. So for us as a community, you know, we're looking at trying to reclaim some of our history and polymers and lead a little bit more uh, nationally and, and if not worldwide in developing some of those global kinds of solutions and polymers that are going to be so important. Polymer exec told me recently, you know, we spent uh, 50 years figuring out how to make this stuff stay around forever. Now we got to spend the next 50 years figuring out how to get rid of it, right? Because we're all dealing with that sort of issue around sustainability um, as it relates to plastic, rubber, polymers, those kinds of things. So, so that's been a, a big area of focus over the last year or two for us. Obviously, no conversation these days is complete without talking about COVID and the impact. So as a community, I think we did a super job uh, responding to our smaller businesses. You know, for a community of our size, you know, we were able to provide more than $13.5 million of grants to very small businesses in our community, to more than 3,500 small businesses to help them keep the lights on and keep going. And that was in partnership with, with our county, their CARES dollars, our city, uh, a number of other communities around that came together to create those resources available. Workforce is the biggest issue we're all dealing with right now, I think, nationally, especially in our community where we have a lot of need for, I would call them entry level, lower skilled folks who are doing manufacturing kind of work. And those skills are emerging over time. But right now, as we all know, it's a job seekers marketplace. They can move from job to job pretty easily. And so our employers are seeing the kind of wage inflation that we're all sort of worried about right now and the difficulty with just getting people into some of the key jobs they need to keep production going. And so those are some of the things. And then the biggest thing I think that will be uh, over the last year or two, our downtown, like many downtowns, has been affected by large companies. And we don't have hundreds of large companies, right? We have, we have a half a dozen to a dozen very large employers in downtown Akron. Uh, when those folks are working from home, downtown Akron is pretty desolate. So we're trying to get our downtown back on track, trying to think a little bit about what the use of space looks like. And even before COVID, we had about a year project or so, and then continuing to COVID, where we were doing a, a total infrastructure replace on our main street. So our small businesses and our businesses on the main street were already affected by that. Add in COVID, I'm looking at this as an opportunity to sort of build on a blank canvas right now. So our next couple of years, I think how we develop our downtown to be a, a magnet, a place of amenities, 
add more housing. It's one of the things that we're thinking about. And I think a lot of other cities like us are thinking about too. I love hearing the the small business focus because that's, that's our arena here. And they've taken it on the chin the last couple of years. So the, the, the communities that recognize that and invested in that, I think, I think it's paying dividends. No, they sure, they sure have. And I think that when we did a deep dive on our economy, when I got into this job about three and a half years ago, we realized, you remember economic development used to be about leaving Akron, going to a place like Houston or, or a place on the coast, clubbing a company over the head and dragging them back to your community. And you'd call that a win, right? And so now there's so many fewer of those opportunities. They're so much more expensive. For a community like, like Akron, like Canton, like our region here, we can't necessarily afford to play at that same level. So what we realized is we got to grow the businesses that we have, the small mid-sized companies we have that will be the next big companies. You know, there's a little company that I'm looking at out my window here this morning called Gojo. Many of you might not know who Gojo is, but if I said the name Purell, you'd know who that is immediately. So they're the company that created Purell. They've had an interesting couple of years as demand has exponentially increased. But, you know, they were, they're a small family-owned company that's now almost a billion-dollar-a-year organization, a little bit more, actually, based on COVID. So, so, you know, those are the kinds of companies, I think, that change economies and communities like ours. we got to figure out how to help them grow. So let's, let's talk about how that actually happens, how you, you talked about some of the you t- some high-level things, and you talked about some of the challenges like workforce and, and, yep. and helping these companies grow. The chamber business has changed over the past few years. It used to be all about the big gala event, and that's how you make your money and bring everybody together. But, but over the past few years, it's really been a necessity for chambers to get a little more hands-on with their members. What, do you, what are you doing right now, and how are you, how are you balancing that region-changing, uh, high-level work that you're doing with the needs that your members have on a daily basis? I think it's, it's a challenge that we're all facing. You know, when I was at, you said that I'd spent some time with Cozy and the Greater Cleveland Partnership. I spent a lot of my career there and I learned chamber business there. That business was a lot about creating products and services and resources for smaller businesses. I mean, the economic development work was a function of, we kind of funded that, right? And we sort of, we sort of made that happen in our community. And that's a super important part of our job. In Akron, it's the same thing. We do both economic development work and we do member service work. But I think for chambers right now, there's no longer any magic to finding somebody who's kind of smart or well-connected in your community and having them get up and do a presentation on something boring for a half an hour, right? I've got podcasts for that now. I've got webcasts for that now. I can do that via Zoom. So what we're really focusing in on for those member service oriented kinds of things, what can we do that's super hard for our smaller businesses to do on their own, right? So we've got a, a multiple employer health benefit program. I built one of those, one of the first one of those in the country in chambers at Cozy when I was up there. And we built one down here in Akron, Canton, and it serves a real need right now for, for small businesses who are trying to keep and retain employees with benefits like big businesses. We're doing the same thing in the 401k space that we've just started. So I think those are transactional products that create specific value that a small business owner buys because they need it or want it for their business. Many, many of our members will never set foot through our doors for an event, right? We've got 1,800 members. We'll serve on the small business side maybe six, 700 of those folks will come for an event or a program sometime during the year, but that's not why they're joining the chamber, right? They're joining for something that they need. Then we have our members who are thinking about how do we drive forward the economy, the community, et cetera. 
those are the members we spend a lot of time with because they're our bigger investors, but they're also thinking about where we're going as a community. For organizations like ours, we got to figure out the right mix there. We can't spend more on serving the small businesses than they'll give us to support because we're not a, an entity designed to help the people who need everything from us, right? People have to be able to fund their own success at some level with us, right? So there's got to be a return on investment for them, but you got to focus in on how you serve them at a level that makes some sense for your organization. But what we do with those companies that can't afford to be a member of the chamber is make sure we get them to our SBDCs. We get them to our, our MBAC. We get them to our scores. We get them to the county and the government resources or the urban league or places that are designed and funded to help companies that need more than what we can do. We don't do case management for very small businesses, right? We help them get access to stuff they need. I think in our chamber business, we have to be just very focused on what are the outcomes we're creating, not the outputs that we're creating. I, I love my colleagues who run around talking about how they create jobs, how they save jobs, and how they create investment in their community. I get it. We're a part of that. But I haven't met a single chamber exec who got inside one of our companies and actually created those jobs, right? Our companies create jobs. Our companies make the investment. We help make it easier for them to do that. And I've never heard anybody there really stand up and say, we, we grew our economy by adding 3,000 jobs. And by the way, we lost 4,200 as well at the same time that we did, we're not counting this year, right? So that's an ebb and a flow that's going to happen in all of our communities. What we have to do is look at the key metrics in our communities that make a difference and monitor them and make sure we're connecting the players in our community that can make change in those metrics. Our urban leagues can help our some of our low-income residents, right? Our small business uh, support ecosystems can help our entrepreneurs figure out their idea and get to the next level. The chamber's job in a lot of communities is to connect those dots and make sure that the gaps get addressed. And that's a great approach too, because I think businesses of any size can get lost in the in the alphabet soup of of uh, the different organizations and state and federal and local programs that are out there. And at the same time, they all have a value, and you don't want to duplicate that. You don't want to duplicate that work. It's easier for you to use those and, and focus on what you need to focus on. And 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 I know that the because a lot of times there's a dollar on the table, a lot of chambers will try and jump in and take that question and 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 handle it. But it's there's another organization in the community that's 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 prepared to do it instead. You know, it's interesting that you say because there's a lot of dollars on the table right now, right? Between ARPA, CARES, everything else is going on. We have a lot of generational once in a lifetime money. And if chambers aren't working very closely with their municipalities, with their elected officials, with their policymakers in their community to figure out how to make sure that money is used in a way that doesn't create long-term costs that we can't afford and how it can really be transformational, you're not doing your job. So I think as a as a chamber, we've got to make sure that we're, we're driving towards that. And I think we have to be able to be flexible too, right? In a community of our size, if you have the ability to write a 50 or $100,000 check to make something happen in your community, you got a lot of power, right? And so if you're a chamber and you don't have the ability to move the conversation by putting your money what you think is important, it's hard to do. So that means we have to be very responsible with our funds. You know, when COVID hit, a lot of chambers sort of shut down, right? They said, well, you know, can't have events, can't have the programs. We'll see you when it comes back. I think the chambers who moved, I think about my colleagues in Indianapolis, I think about my colleagues in other parts of the country who move very quickly. You know, we were all COVID all the time uh, in the first three, four months of the pandemic, convening leadership conversations in the community, putting information out there, helping with the relief efforts. That's all we did. It's exactly what we should do. If a chamber can't show what it can do in an environment like that, the chamber probably needs to reevaluate what it's doing in its community. 
yeah, it's it's pretty easy to run operations when things are when things are good, but when uh, right uh, when your community and business community needs you and you and you disappear, that that's that's difficult. So, as much as you have going on right now, you have to always be looking forward as well. This is kind of the impossible question because there's so still so many questions and uncertainty. But what are you forecasting, and how are you looking at five years down the road, ten years down the road? Is what's what's possible for Akron? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I, I love this question because I think we should all make very detailed plans and then throw them away and just be ready to react, right? There's IBM used to have, when I was uh, at GE, actually, we, we had a place called Crotonville, which is where we got learned uh, stuff, right? Management stuff. You got inculcated with all the ideas. But there was, a, there was a theory that IBM had created called Sense and Respond. And it talked about how organizations, you have to be really good at talking to the people to hear what's going on in the marketplace and then mobilizing to respond to it. And I think as chambers, that's the business that we're in. You got to have a sense of where you're going, but I think five years, seven years strategic plans just don't make any sense anymore. If you think about five years ago and you think about just the space like social media or tech or et cetera, you think about what we didn't know five years ago, about what was going to happen now, a five-year plan seems almost silly. On the flip side, I think you do have to think long-term about resources and where you're investing your, your dollars. And for Chambers, I think for us, the only thing we can invest in that has long-term value is the people on our teams, right? Because ultimately, our job is to facilitate conversations, connect the dots, uh, understand what's going on institutionally in our communities, and really help to drive um, working success. So we have to have good people to do that. You can't, you can't hire a $30,000 a year person and expect they're going to be able to interact with a business owner or leader and really be able to help them. you got to put people in place, at least a few people in your organization, who can really lead on the tough issues in your community. And if you're a small organization, there's just one or two of you, then your board should be valuing you in a way and your community in a way that sort of pays you to do that hard work in the community that nobody else wants to do. I mean, 25 years ago, there were a bunch of pretty much white men in our communities that sat around tables, usually with smoke involved, right, and drinks, that figured out what was going to happen. And they were engaged and invested in their communities. Now the average tenure of a CEO is five to seven years. And oftentimes they're not from your community. They're in and they're out on the track to wherever they're going. That means that the job for us as chamber leaders, economic development professionals, we have to have a, a larger dose of stewardship in our work. And we have to do that work that those large company CEOs can't do because they're on an airplane 250 days a year um, in other parts of the world. So I really think that for us, we got to keep our ear to the ground. We got to be able to react quickly, and we got to be willing to, you know, have some of the tough conversations about what our communities are facing. That was very well stated. <laughs> the, the The world has changed, and it's uh, and and the, and the yeah. role has changed because of it. That's very interesting. So you've been a couple of different organizations, but you've been in your role for a while. What gets you out of bed in the morning today? What gets you excited? Kind of the thrill of not knowing what stupid things are going to come across my desk every day that is going to sort of totally engage me and enthrall me, right? So, you know, we I spent some time the other day dealing with an issue. We had a safety issue in our community. One of the institutions in that community wants to buy a, a building and put a police substation there. That was something I'd never done before to try to figure out, right? So to be able to help figure out how to deal with this important issue and connect the dots, we're not going to do that work. Somebody else will do that work with them, but finding the right people to put together on that deal is kind of fun. Or just having a chance to sit with an owner and talk with them about something that they're wrestling with. The employee that's dysfunctional, the um, the question about, is it time for me to sell my business? The, the question about, is there an opportunity for me to sort of totally change what I do? 
I mean, those are things that if we can connect people with the resources to help make those decisions, we really can change the trajectory of their business, of their, of their employees, and of their own lives. And I think that's the cool part about this work. Not to get too heady, there's a lot of crap in this job, right? There's a lot of administrivia we deal with. There's a lot of meetings we have to hold. But at the same time, we should be seeing cool outcomes from our work, or we should be looking for something else to do. I always said in my time at the chamber, I got to, I just felt so fortunate that I ended up getting to tour these manufacturing plants and things that nobody gets. It was just such a, such a tremendous benefit. I always recommend if you, if you ever in your career have an opportunity to take a job at a chamber for a little while that you take advantage of it. Definitely gives you a great place from which to connect with a lot of things that are going on in the community. Absolutely. So in your role, you're talking to a lot of people, stakeholders, members, board members, the community, and there's, there's lots of ideas. Ideas are always coming out. And we know that there's ideas that are ideas on paper, and there's ideas that have very good financial backing and have a lot uh, better chance of success. So this is a question we like to ask as the, as the head of your chamber, you know, key role in your business community. If you had a blank check to spend on something in your community on economic development, where, where would you spend that money? Right now, we have a lot of needs, right? A lot of things that we're focusing on. But for, for Greater Akron right now, we've got to create a real draw in, I think, our core downtown, our core city. That's going to help us in a lot of ways with bringing talent to our community, with creating a sense of place uh, and a destination, and really allowing us to sort of anchor around something. Now, even if you're in the suburbs, you're still going to benefit because of the way that has ripple on effects. So I think if I, if I won the lottery tomorrow and I won a couple hundred million bucks and I got a chance to not think about working going forward, I'd probably make a pretty big investment in the work that we're doing in our downtown to help make sure that keeps going. So that, that's one area. And then I always think that to the extent we can do a better job connecting the different parts of our ecosystem together, that role where you can really kind of, I was really jealous of the communities who won the SBA Navigator grants recently that were put out because that grant um, was a big opportunity to put resources in place to connect the dots among all the different institutions, right? I mean, there's all kinds of help out there for small businesses, mid-sized businesses, but often they don't know where to go. And depending on who they call, the time of day they get them, the person who answers the phone, the kind of day they're having, they may or may not get the right answer that they need. So how we create a better way to catch those questions and connect the dots is super important. So, so that's the other place, investing in the capacity of the ecosystems that chambers are often at the center of to, to really provide and, and, and get connected, people connected to the help and support that exists is, is another big, important place I think we need to invest. I'm going to start to start to wind down. I really appreciate uh, your walking us through when you've got some great perspectives that, that we haven't heard yet on the podcast. And I, and I appreciate you, your, uh, your candor. You got an open mic in front of you. Is there any member, group of members, anyone in the community that you'd like to uh, give a plug to? You know, uh, I think that I'm just grateful to the owners that have continued to be persistent through all the pandemic. We've got people who range from, I'm going to hide in my basement, to what pandemic uh, we should be out there doing business. And I know everybody's got their own view on it. But I really appreciate the persistence with which people have continued to sort of try to help each other through this process, the space they've given each other. And then, of course, um, the people who are on the front lines doing the work has been um, really important for our community. So, so we appreciate that. But uh, just, again, it all starts with somebody who has got an idea and is creating jobs. And so for those of you out there creating jobs, uh, keep doing it. We need it for our communities. 
Absolutely. Yeah. The ones who keep on keeping on and they, they, they carried it. They they carried the day. So, well, let me ask you uh, just some, if you want to offer some advice to, to our listeners, part of being in your role every day is you have to stay on top of things and you also have to stay inspired. Are there any books, blogs, podcasts that you, uh, that you pay attention to that you'd want to, you'd want to share? So, you know, one of the things that, that I adopted a few years ago, I was getting in a rut, right? You know, you all know how the echo chamber works. You listen to the same stuff all the time. Your ideas begin to get formed by what you're listening to versus what you think. And so I started doing this thing where I like to flip around and listen to different stations and, and look at a wide variety of things. So everything from like bad premium TV, like Succession, right, to, um, to podcasts or, or Wharton Business Radio, there's just a lot of different people with different perspectives. And I try not to get in a rut of listening to the same thing all the time because I can always find an application to something that we're working on. But I, I tell you two books that I would suggest that if you're in this business or you're somebody who cares about communities um, that you should be thinking about, and, and I'm not trying to be politically correct here. Some of you may perceive that, but if you haven't picked up Black Fatigue or Robin D'Angelo's book on white privilege, I think for um, middle-aged white guys like myself, it's a good chance to sort of get a sense of different perspective on an issue we've all been talking a lot about around inclusion. And, you know, I think you'll find things in there that you hadn't thought about before. And that, again, if you're in the business of building communities, um, you definitely have to sort of understand and figure out how to connect with in your own context in your community. And then I do want to give a plug for another little book I just read recently. So we've got this great entrepreneur in town. His name is uh, Steve Marks. He and his partner, Harvey, built a business called Main Street, uh, started Main Street Muffin. It's now uh, Main Street Gourmet. And these guys have sold this business a couple of times along their history, but he recently got out. But he wrote a little book called The Muffin Man Chronicles, Recipes for Entrepreneurial Success. Steve's not going to write the world's next best-selling novel, but he does share some interesting ideas here that if you're an entrepreneur or a small business owner, or you work with entrepreneurs and small business owners, there's some just cool little tips here and ideas and some real life experience. I always love when an entrepreneur can share stories from the trenches and how they dealt with issues that when you're in a growing company, there's nobody giving you a map or an instruction book. And so how he and his partner figured it out. But uh, again, the Muffin Man Chronicles, Recipes for Entrepreneurial Success. You can get it on Amazon. Steve, you can give me my royalties later. Um, but I think it's, uh, it's just a, a fun little read that is built on a lifetime of experience for this entrepreneur who's been really successful. That's excellent. Great plug. The Muffin Man Chronicles. Yep. Well, Steve, thank you again for spending time with us. Where do you like people to go to learn more about the, the Greater Akron Chamber, the website, social media? What's your, what's what's the best place? GreaterAkronChamber.org. Uh, make it really simple, right? Just come there. You learn about the work we're doing. You might also be interested, if you're thinking about community collaborations and how you connect the dots in your community, we have another site, ElevateGreaterAkron.org is also a site that you can take a look at, which talks about the work we've done here, which is pretty unique to connect the dots with a lot of our ecosystem players in sort of an, I call it an enterprise approach to economic development. We all play our part, but none of us sort of uh, uh, are the only ones doing the work. So those would be two things that show you some of the work that we're doing. And if you have an interest in that. Excellent. Excellent. Well, Steve, again, thank you for being here with us. We, you know, we appreciate you spending some time with us telling us about all the great things you and your team are working on in Akron. I wish you continued success. I look forward to hearing more in the future about the many things that we talked about and obviously working with you directly. I'm hoping that all of our listeners are working closely with their chambers of commerce this fall, whether it's for networking, advocacy, or to help, as we just talked about, grow the business community in your area and always striving to achieve mutual value. Be as valuable to your chamber as they are to you. 
If you're interested in learning how we can help you create a stronger relationship with your Chamber of Commerce, check out our website at www.momentumforbusinessgrowth.com. I also encourage you to connect with me, Craig Turner, on LinkedIn, where we post weekly advice, information, and guidance on how to make the most of your Chamber of Commerce investments. Again, if you're doing business in Akron, Ohio, or the region, or are interested in the market, please check out www.greateracronchamber.org and connect with Steve and his outstanding team. Thank you again, Steve. Great. Thank you. And I just, the one thing I wanted to end with too, is just say thank you for the work you're doing to pollinate ideas across the industry and among small businesses. I know that you and some of your colleagues out in Buffalo have done a heck of a lot just to try to, to move the needle for small businesses there um, with that in mind. And um, we need folks like you who are advocates and sort of driving this work for all of us. So thanks for all you do. I appreciate it. Thanks so much, Steve. So thank you again to our listeners. And we will see you soon with another episode of the It's All About Who You Know podcast. Take care and have a happy Thanksgiving.